Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 174. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope everybody is enjoying summer. I just got back from my honeymoon in St. Lucia, which was incredible. And I think because of the wedding and the honeymoon, it feels like we just fast-forwarded through the first half of summer, and here we are almost in August already. But yeah, we had a fantastic honeymoon, and we got our, our scuba diving certification earlier in the year, so we did our first dives, which if you've ever tried scuba diving, it's a really, really cool experience. I think by the the second day of diving, I really got to enjoy it and take in the sights, because the first day I was kind of just making sure I didn't die. But it's just like this majestic feeling, because you, you almost feel like you're somewhere you shouldn't be, like you've stumbled upon some kind of secret, and now you're like living with all these fish. Yeah, so we did some diving. We also did some hiking. Um, St. Lucia kind of has these two well-known peaks called the Piton, which is French for a peak. So we hiked to the higher one, which is called Grosse Piton. And we took a catamaran trip and we did a lot of hanging out on the beach. I did some golfing while I was there. It was a perfect balance of relaxation and activity, which is exactly what we wanted for our honeymoon. But that's enough about that and about me. I'm sure you didn't tune in today to hear about my honeymoon experience. You are here to hear from our guests, which today we have a couple fabulous guests on the podcast. We have Sharon Hampson and Bram Morrison on the podcast today. And if you are a Canadian or grew up in Canada in the last 40 years, then you most likely grew up on Sharon, Lois and Bram, the children's music group, singers, musicians, entertainers, well known for their song Skinnamarink, as well as having their own show, The Elephant Show, as well as Skinnamarink TV. Simply put, they are Canadian icons, legends, and overall just very, very special people. So I was lucky enough to be joined by Sharon and Bram for this episode. Sadly, Lois passed away in 2015. Throughout the episode, you will also hear from Sharon's daughter, Randy, who performs with Sharon now uh, and works on their current project and basically everything Sharon, Lois, and Bram now. And it was a real blessing getting to meet all three of them. They're just such kind, wholesome people um, with such kindred spirits. And it was just, it was fantastic getting to hear their story and just getting to meet them. And it's just incredible to see that they're, they're still working on things together 45 years later. They now have a, a series of children's books that they've started based on their songs, two of which are out already. The first one was called Skinnamarink, and the second one is called uh, One Elephant Went Out to Play. And then the third book will be coming out next month in August, and it's called Peanut Butter Jelly. And I believe they'll be making some appearances uh, around the book release, which you can find on their website or social media channels. And one thing that I thought was really cool is they're actually going to make an appearance at the Canadian Fan Expo at the end of August, which is really, really cool. So a big thank you to Sharon and Bram and Randy for making this episode happen. It was a pleasure having you on the show, and I can't wait to share it with the listeners. Before we do that, a quick note to the new listeners who are maybe tuning into the Adamantium podcast for the very first time today. First of all, thank you so much for tuning in. We are so glad you're here. Um, if you enjoy what you hear today, we would love for you to subscribe and tune in again sometime. So hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. 
And that's it. So let's not waste any more time because Sharon and Bram have a lot of stories to share with you. So here it is, episode 174 of the Adamantium podcast featuring Sharon and Bram. I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week. God bless, and we'll see you back here on the podcast real soon. All right. So here we are with, with Sharon and Bram. Thank you guys so much for, for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you, Adam. I'm, uh, you know, this it, it, is really exciting for me because I, I grew up on you on you guys as well. And it came out okay. Yes. You, yeah, I came, came, you know, I came out okay? Yeah, okay, yeah. that's good. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, in the next hour, we'll find out, right? So... Yeah, I, it keeps I, us laughing. That's good. That, it I mean, is that good. Keeps you youthful too. Yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up on on you guys. So this was when when Randy said that you guys were open doing this. I was I was very excited. Good. My wife was excited. My mom was excited because they all they everyone knows who you are. When when we meet grown up mm-hmm. fans, I often say, "Did you call your mom?" I did. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> So that's it. But that's what's, what's what's amazing about you guys is it's it's multi generational. Yes, you know? absolutely. With you now. Okay. <laughs> Started out with three generations right from day one mm-hmm. because it was the kids, their parents, and some grandparents, grandparents, yeah, as well who for sure who came to our concert. So we started with three, and since then there have been two full generations. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're at five five now, generations. And How long is six a gen- is coming. <laughs> yeah, because I How like, long is a generation? I think twenty five years. Ah, okay. It's easy. Okay. It's about right. Yeah. Right. I mean okay, a generation is yeah. a flexible thing. Twenty five is a comfortable Yeah. Length. Well, because especially now on you will want to show their kids. We sure know? hope so. Yeah. Um, that's a long-term goal it is it I is. mean we didn't know it was when we started we didn't have a long we didn't have any long-term goals we just figured we well, were going to make one record so that's how we wanted to start start this this interview um you know we're, we're still working on things today which i want to start from the beginning sure. let's you know i i think especially people from my gender who grew up on you we're very curious on how how sharon lois and bram started mm-hmm. you know where did the three of you meet and how yeah. did it come together that you would start this? Okay, well, I'll start by saying Sharon and I knew each other music scene previous to all this mm-hmm. from the folk festivals and from the coffee houses, Especially. which uh, existed uh, big time mm-hmm. here in Toronto and do not exist anymore. And I miss them terribly. So tell so tell then the, the younger. What were the coffee? What was the coffee house experience like? Well, first of all, there was no alcohol. Mm-hmm. It was a coffee house. Yeah. you could get a coke too if you wanted mm-hmm. to, but there was no alcohol. People came to listen, mm. and they listened. I and, mean, you knew your audience was going to be quiet and paying attention and singing with you mm-hmm. if you asked them to. Okay, and people sat at tables and had their coffee and whatever, and. It was very comfortable mm. because you knew people were listening. You were up there on a stool. People were sitting at table, and every it was like being in a living room only large. Mm. And it was just 
lovely. And there were a number of them. The most important one for our history was the one that Don Cullen ran, which was called the Bohemian and it was up many, many, many stairs, like three, three <laughs> flights. I think. Was it doesn't Toronto? exist anymore. Yeah, not the, even the building. Oh, it was a, and and at that coffee house, there was late night jazz. Mm. There was poetry reading. There was folk music. Margaret Atwood presented there. Who who else? I'm trying to think. I mean, any any Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen, oh, wow. exactly. Yeah. That's who I was thinking of. Leonard Neil Cohen. Young. Stony Mitchell. All the big ones. Places. I mean, yeah. Toronto. But in when, the early days. Yeah. Early I mean, days. Toronto said Toronto, Bram said Toronto was a hub. There were, there were coffee house hubs in the United States. There was a smaller one in Montreal eventually. Mm. But Toronto was really significant. Okay. I don't know why it happened. It was, that it was on that. the network. It, people set up dates yeah, to come going from one to the other. Really? So they went to New York, they went to Chicago, they went we're to almost. Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And as Randy said, Gordon Lightfoot started yeah. you know, in the coffee houses. Yeah. I remember him at the Village Corner Club, which precede, pre, predated the um, Bohemian Embassy. That was the first place that I ever performed mm-hmm. for the public. In. Yeah, it was, the it was a very... It was all in the same area. Why Why do you think we don't have places like this anymore? Well, you can't drink. Yeah. See, it's funny. It's funny we're talking about this because that's my, I've always told my wife, if I, you know, if I won the lottery and could retire, what would I, what would I do? And one of the things I, one of my dreams was to have a cafe. Mm-hmm. A cat, not, it's not a bar. There's plenty of those, but a live music cafe where there's music during the day and people and it's that more that atmosphere you come and you listen yeah you know i guess you 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 can't go back in time and people are used to going out for a drink Mm -hmm. drinking was it just was not part of that not part of that world no Mm -hmm. no No, the people who drank uh in those days and they certainly were around and there but they went to see women take their clothes off mm. <laughs> <laughs> there were also people who smoked pot mm. my first the first time i saw anyone doing pot was in that period and i yeah. you know i was a, a, a little innocent so i i was like wow you know look yeah. he's he's so excited anyway that's how that's how we knew each other I, lois and i knew each other because we were introduced by a mutual was doing Lois start Lois had classical music background mm. she had you know she went to music to university got a, a degree in music mm-hmm. in the states in Michigan and not yeah. Mich- in in Michigan yeah um Detroit Michigan yeah no, Ann Arbor, in Ann Arbor. Michigan. Yeah, yeah. yeah right exactly thank you anyway she was doing she her kid was in Lois Lois's son David and my daughter Randy were in the same nursery school before Lois and oh, I ever okay. knew each other gotcha never knew each other and there's a funny story about that and the funny story is that uh, at the time during that period that they were in in the nursery school there my husband and I did a show called Christmas, Christmas Fairyland, Fairyland. Mm. and I was little Miss Snowbell and I was in a costume and we did a little show and there was magic and was at Christmas time. And so I said to Mrs. Mason, holy cow, Janet Mason, wow, I can't believe, I can't, <laughs> believe, I can't remember. 
brain cells that. are oh, that's every it, now and then the long-term memory in. and it doesn't go anywhere <laughs> exactly <but yeah. laughs> anyway i said to her i'd be happy to come in and do a little music um for the children to celebrate the holidays mm-hmm. and she thanked me and we agreed on a time and a place well apparently lois had also asked invited okay or offered preceded was before me or after me but it must have been after because uh uh, Mrs. No, no, Mason. she got bumped. She got bumped. Mm-hmm. She, she said, offered first. She offered first, and Mrs. Mason said, "Well, we're going to have little Miss Snowbell." Mm. <laughs> little Miss Snowbell bumped her. Anyway, Lois and I eventually met music for children in her son's nursery school. This is some time later, and she she'd never done anything like that. And her friend ran the 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 preschool, and asked her to do music. She saw the piano in Lois's house and she said, you know, could you do something? And Lois said, I only do Bach and Beethoven. Mm. And she said, well, anything you do will be better than nothing. Right. So Lois started immersing herself in the children's repertoire. Okay. She she did a lot of research and found out. And so she started doing music mm. there and then she did it in a, in a, in a Sunday school. And and by then we were doing music through something called Mariposa in the schools. Okay, yeah. And that sent performers like us into the school on a freelance basis. You'd go in for a day, you'd do four or five. We started with five and we realized we, we were, were going to totally kill ourselves. Exhausted at yeah. the end of the day. <laughs> 45 <laughs> minutes. Four, yeah. And four was a lot. Yeah. It, it was, absolutely. And we'd do workshops with, you know, classes of children. It was quite wonderful. Yeah. And so I was, we were doing that, and Lois was doing the other things. And the, a friend of mine said, you two should, you and I have a friend, and she does music for children just like you do, and we should. So my friend invited us to lunch. Mm-hmm. And that's how Lois and I got acquainted, and we became fast friends. And she, and then she was also by then doing um, music in the libraries, music for children mm-hmm. in the libraries, okay. three to five-year-olds. Great program. So she got me involved with that, involved with Mariposa in the schools. So as the time progressed, our relationship, you know, we were all friends because we were all doing the same kind of stuff. Right. And then in terms of the record, the the um, the Mariposa in the schools team decided we should make a record. Mm. We all- I mean, we're talking about 20 to 25 people. Yeah, probably. Something. 20, like yeah. That. Yeah, sounds right. And and we thought that was a great idea, but because it was part of a larger organization, Mariposa, what Mariposa in the schools was part of Mariposa, which mm. had ran the folk festival, and needed to go to a board of directors and it needed approval. Right, okay. Working at the time with Bill Usher, who was a producer, mm-hmm. a drummer and a producer, per- percussionist and a producer, and so he said, "Well, let's do it." So that's how the three of us. Became, Got started. Yeah, and and the first thing that we ever did together, we never sang together until we were rehearsing we were, songs for the record. Really? Which was well, the first time I'd ever sung harmony. Really? Really? Wow. Yeah, because I'd been a solo. Of course. And I, did I didn't really you... know how to do it. But Sharon's husband, Joe, had been singing and writing music and was fully involved in all. And... And he did a lot of arrangements for us in those early years. And he said, don't think of it as singing harmony. Learn the harmony part as if it were a melody. Mm. And then sing it with the... 
Don't think of it relation-wise. Yeah. Think of it as its own melody. And if it's written right, it's going to work. Yeah. And it worked. And it worked. It was great. Wow. It was great. He taught so, me that very and that early was, and very clearly. Yeah. And so then was it easy with the... the it was, a, it yeah. was a lot easier. Oh, wow. Okay. A lot easier. So then um, you were saying that Mariposa suggested you guys... St- do a record together but us and everybody else us they, also the whole group yeah that was ah, the idea so then well, how did because then i read that you guys made the record on borrowed money yeah so how so what where did it come to the point where you're like okay well now we're just going to do it the three of us yeah we're well, going to do it on our own when it got delayed by the process mm-hmm. of getting approval for a record for right. everyone that all record, the red tape yeah all, but that record eventually got done and, and we yeah. participated in it and it's a oh. Another, that was another project. Yeah, it was, okay. it was, yes, it wasn't our project. It was one we participated one in. It was great. It was a terrific... I just saw you, the three of you, did interviews for ACTRA. And I just watched part of Lois's interview. And she said that Bill approached her once it became apparent that this album wasn't going to happen and said, let's do a record together. And Lois said, I don't... I can't do a record, just the two of us. But I know Sharon. Let's ask mm. Sharon if she'll be in the record with us. And um, I sort of know Bram, let's ask Bram. So that was her recollection. Just completely um, casual yeah. conversation that turned into- That turned into yeah. a multi-general <laughs> yeah, yeah. generation yeah. project. Astounding, actually. So then, so then tell me, because I read too, so the, the first album was called One Elephant, Deux Elephants. Right. And Deux Elephants. Deux Elephants. Correcting my French, that's it. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so that was released in 1978. And I said, so how did that, where did you guys start going to, you know, to to, to borrow? Like where, well, to we, borrow and who did you, who we did went, you go to? We went first to a, we went to a lawyer, Bill, Bill Hinkson. Hinkson. And he, I mean, he's the, he's the lawyer who said to us, it's a risky business. Mm-hmm. And he said, People who record, 90% of those people earn 10% of the revenue. Mm-hmm. The other 10% of the people walk away with 90%. Mm-hmm. So be prepared to not make money. So we went to, we knew, we figured, I don't remember how we figured. Do you remember how we figured that we needed $20,000? It was a, just a loose, arbitrary uh, arbitrary of. thing. We we consulted with the, with the, the technical people. We consulted with sales people and said okay well we think we could sell so many and we came up with the magnificent figure <laughs> yeah of, of twenty thousand dollars which, which, which was a lot of yeah. money well yeah. it made a record and it also paid our lawyer right so that was pretty and so we went to family and friends okay and, and, you know would you give us some money for this alone we mm-hmm. said it was alone yeah. And all of them, I'm sure, thought that it was a gift. Right. But they cared about us, and they believed in us, and mm-hmm. they liked the music that we that we were making individually because they hadn't heard us collectively. Yeah. So that's that's how we got the money. You know, five hundred here, a thousand there. You know, we went to, as I said, to family and friends. Lois went to her family in Chicago mm-hmm. later in the process, I think. And in speaking to her cousin, Lisa, who was a young girl at camp, she said, do you know any good songs? And Lisa taught her Skin and Rink. Uh, okay. Which and, we're going to come to. We're going to come to yeah, Skin and so, okay. so we raised our 
colors. <clears throat> Today's version of a GoFundMe. Right. Yeah. I guess so, right? Yeah, word of mouth. That's and, a, yeah. <laughs> and we raised all that money, and by Christmas, okay, we had sold enough records to pay everybody back. Wow. So we put... When did the, surprise, when did the album surprise, come out? Surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah, completely. Out? came out in september september and by december yes. you had already raised well this in september we sold immediately the first run yes five thousand well right. we decided <clears throat> after much hard thought that we couldn't afford to print ten thousand mm -hmm. and we wouldn't be able to sell that many anyhow so right. we decided on five thousand and we sold them much quicker than we ever thought we would and by the time actual christmas rolled around yeah we were out of them and we didn't have time to print more yeah oh no and we printed more i think not we, before christmas really, you so, know the worst thing that can happen to you when you make a record is to not sell records right the you second have the opposite worst, problem the second worst thing that can happen to you is that you run you out of enough. records and you don't have records to sell yeah so <laughs> So obviously you didn't, I mean, who, whoever has the expectation that something's going to be that well. Um, when did the, like, once that, though, the wheels really started to pick up, was that like, how did you guys start to think, okay, like, we really have something here? There was one, one moment that happened to you. You mean when, telephone. when Chris called, yeah. Chris mm -hmm. Wooten. Prior to, I'll tell you that, but prior to that, I don't think we had, the, I, I, things were happening so fast that we weren't even thinking, we certainly weren't think, thinking career. Right. We were not, I mean, each of us had gone back to doing our individual performance. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but just, just the record, was, and we also had interviews and had some exposure on CBC, which was, I don't think we had, we didn't have a publicist, it just kind of came to us. I don't remember. I don't either. Mm. I, I'm sure we didn't have a publicist then, though. We wouldn't have known. Oh, there was so much we didn't know. We were running to keep up and this learning along you're the learning way. In, the, in the process. So right after Christmas, my address was the only one that was on mm -hmm. the record because the other two rented and I lived in, a, in our own home. So my address was on the record. So I was the one who could be found, mm -hmm. you know, through a phone book. So I get a call. A phone book. A phone book. Yeah. Oh. Address yeah. was on the first record. Isn't that amazing? That's so funny. Wow. I, I remember actually, the, I don't know if you um, saw the vinyl, but the albums had beautiful booklets inside that had illustrations, um, a small chart of the melody and little illustrations yeah. and explanations of how the games or songs were played. And so Graham did the charting. I remember you sitting writing up summaries of the different songs at the kitchen table. And, and various ways of playing the games. Right. Giving I mean, we thought a lot of made that record right. and, and things that would help them. That yeah. was very well, much but at the one center. Of, giving credit where it's due, I think that the reason that we decided that we were going to have a booklet with all of that information in it came from our experience with Folkways Records. Probably. Because they all... Mm -hmm. included booklets with whatever information they thought was important to mm -hmm. appreciate the the uh, uh, oral aural content of it and we said that's a really good idea and we should do that mm. too do you remember the name of the the woman who did the the, the 
Japanese. I can she picture was, her. She was a Japanese Canadian yeah. woman, and her name will come to me after we finish this. Right? <laughs> that's and it. And I'll phone you later. That's, that's, what, yeah. that's what Judy Collins says. Anyway, just after Christmas, mm -hmm. my phone rings, and the voice at the other line says, Hello, Sharon. This is Chris, Woot Chris Wooten, right? Chris Wooten, uh, artistic director of the Vancouver Children's Festival. Hi, Chris. I've heard your record. We got it as a mm. gift at Christmas time, and we, we do the festival in May. We would love you to come. Mm. Yes. So I was very calm on the mm -hmm. phone. Then I got off the phone and screamed hysterically. Yeah. First distant yeah. response to us. We had no idea how the record was being received far and wide. Right. Until we got to that festival mm -hmm. where everybody knew everything. Wow. They sang. And this is the point where I always mention Yeah. Mm. Because when you do an interview with uh, Peter Zosky or any of those other people mm -hmm. on CBC Radio, it goes across the country. Mm. And they hear it as a local mm -hmm. thing. And you're part of that. At that point, you become a part of their world. Mm. And that's what happened. That's true. Yeah. And and CBC, we we happened to be fans of CBC. They were very they were very good to us. Mm -hmm. We had some fun and funny interviews. So even at that, I mean, we made we decided after the the huge response to the record, we sold a lot of records quickly. We decided in 1979 to make another album. Mm -hmm. I don't know if if we had quit. Our our mitz gigs yet by then, in a year. I don't. Somehow I think not. I don't know. That's it's hard. We. I mean, we didn't fully comprehend what was happening, mm -hmm. and I can't remember when we when we hired someone and or you know created an office, mm -hmm. which was one room. Well, I, I was for sure working for you with Molly when I was sixteen, which was nineteen eighty. So mm. eighty. Oh, really? Years. Yeah. Before we started in seventy-eight. Mm. Yeah. Well, and we must have had uh, we must have created an, an office in seventy-nine because okay. we had someone else who worked with us. So the wheels got turning pretty quickly. Yeah. Does any of it seem? It's funny because I've asked artists who who you know had a uh, kind of a hit right off the bat, and then two years are they're like a distant memory. You know, like mm -hmm. they're a blur now because mm -hmm. they all happen so quickly. Did right. any, did you have any of that kind of feeling? At, well, I always said that we were, I felt like we were running to keep up with to what keep was up going with what on. Was happening. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, we were getting asked to perform places. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was so much new to us. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it was exciting. It mm -hmm. was really exciting. And we, we worked really hard. It was, well, we were young and energetic. So I was going to say it was exhausting, but I, I yeah. think we had the energy for it. Yeah, like 45 years younger. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's how our energetic it was. First, the first two albums were nominated for Junos, and the second year they won. Yeah. So right. it was pretty obvious, pretty quick that this wasn't just going to be, yeah. you know, a one-off. Yeah, a flash in the pan. Pan. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> now, yeah. And now, that, one of the things that we decided at the very beginning, and this is really important, is that this was not just a children's record, mm -hmm. that it was going to be made with real music, played by real musicians on real instruments. Mm -hmm. With real arrangers. Yeah. Varied arrangers. And the 
spouse, the parents and the grandparents, whoever, would enjoy listening to it mm. for the music. Mm -hmm. The kids would relate to the choice of the repertoire. And we called it One Elephant, Deux Elephants, a children's record for the whole family. Mm. That was the sub. And that also included the, the notion that we weren't going to do anything that was trendy. Mm. Okay. Because if it's a trend now, in two years, it won't be. Mm -hmm. I'm smart enough to know that. Mm -hmm. And so we picked songs that had been around for a long time. Many of them were folk songs. Mm -hmm. And they were around because they had survived 100 or 200 years because people liked them. Yeah. Pre-selected, if mm -hmm. you like. And she'll be coming around the mountain. I use that as my example, but it's hundreds of songs. Mm -hmm. For a three-year-old, that's a brand new song. Mm -hmm. We know that it's 150 years old or, or, or however. Mm -hmm. They are classics. Mm -hmm. And that's what we aimed to do. Gotcha. And we did. Mm -hmm. And so when you listen to our first record or our 10th, or our 20th, you're going to hear different versions of Classics. songs that... Right. Thank right. goodness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then let's talk about Skinner Inc. So Skinner Inc. has become, I guess, the Sharon Lois and Bram's signature song. I mean, that's the first thing sure. and I pictured. Yeah, so... of course. And everybody knows it. Of course. And a lot of people who know it don't know that it came from us. It than that right which suits us just fine if mm -hmm. people are singing skin and rink whether they get attribute it to us or not i was actually the opposite i didn't know that it was a, a long time classic i thought that you guys created it yeah. yeah we we learned it from from lisa mm -hmm. i think we created the the actions yeah um we created and the boop boopy do yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the boop boopy do exactly yeah. so Lois brought it back from Chicago and we and she said, I you know, this is a great song. We mm -hmm. said, We love it, let's record it. We recorded it. And we it's been, you know, it, it, I mean, we record <coughs> sorry. We recorded it with a guest tap dancer. Uh, okay. So if you listen to the first record, you hear the tap dancer in the musical okay. break. Her name is I wonder if she's still around. Mm -hmm. Shirley Temple. It's not, not the, the real same Shirley Temple. Shirley. I was going to say Mr. Yeah, Temple's she's... wife, probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so we sang it then. Bram played guitar. Lois and I sang it. I sang harmony. But ever after that, we've sung it with all three of us singing it all the time. Right. We, re we realized when we were when the record was done and we were planning our first concert, which was at Young People's, we said, wouldn't that be a great... I went to the camp there. That's a, Is that a right? Young oh, People's Theater. Oh, I they did Wait a minute. Say programs. that again. I didn't... He went to the camp I went to the there. camp, like the acting camp at to Young People's Theater. Oh, uh, yeah, really? when I was when it's I was a great a institute. Yeah, we love yeah. Young People's Theater. Anyway, we thought, wouldn't it be cool to use that as a closing? Mm -hmm. song? And so we used it as a closing song, and we thought, well, I think we're going to use it as a closing song. I mean, forever. We've yeah. ne we've never done anything where we didn't end with and, and Yeah, and the, what do you think of that song in particular? Why do you think that kind of became the signature out of, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of songs? It's that... very simple. Mm -hmm. 
has a lovely little melody. Mm -hmm. It has a great message. Mm -hmm. And it's and fun. It's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. And it's about love. And people, anybody can sing it. So yeah. kids can sing it. An audience can sing it to us as we sing it to them. A kid to a grandparent, a mother mm -hmm. to a, a child. I mean, it's universal. And a kid can do yes. before they can talk. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you a poignant piece of feedback that I get when I traveled with Sharon and Bram and now when I travel with my mom. Um, people who who were felt unloved or unseen, mm. um, things like that Sharon Lois and Bram were a safe place during their childhood. Mm. They really felt like Sharon and Lois and Bram were singing I Love You to, to them. them. Mm. And it was a chance for them to hear those, those words, words. Yeah. and it was a place of comfort for mm -hmm. them. So we get that elephant show, mm -hmm. people saying, I had a terrible upbringing, I learned mm. how to parent from you. Somebody just approached my mom a couple weeks ago at the Mariposa Folk Festival and said, I think I'm kind because of, of mm. Sharon Lois and Brown. I think I'm a kind person because mm. of you. Which so, I found. Yeah. But it make, makes you think about what you've done. And I think we've talked about this that on the Elephant Show. We didn't have lessons. Mm -hmm. We weren't teaching. Um, we didn't say, let's do a show about kindness. Mm. What we did is that we treated each other and the children in kind ways mm -hmm. because that was the natural. We did, yeah. wasn't scripted. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the way the best messages are made. Come, come across. Yeah. And the other thing is that along with the I Love You message, and people who were, they, we had the same response as what Brandy is describing mm -hmm. from um, people in the community mm -hmm. who said that they they felt safe and comfortable with us. Mm. I mean, we didn't we didn't set those things out as goals that mm -hmm. happened. And then yesterday, just I just, who you were as people. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. And yesterday, I visited. Um, and I think there's an authenticity to that that you can tell. It's exactly. like you said, it's not. Exactly. This and the people an on TV are the same people off TV. Yes. People get that when they mm -hmm. see. And yesterday I visited a, um, a school for children with disabilities, physical and, and mental. And a lot of the grown-ups who worked with them grew up on us. And we talked at some length about, we have a lot of um, intellectually disabled people mm -hmm. who have grown people up with, with our... developmental challenges, yeah. people on the spectrum. Exactly. Um, that that range mm -hmm. and they these are people who've grown up with us and as adults and not even young adults they're devoted to us mm -hmm. and i was saying something we did goes to them in ways and places in their mm -hmm. brain that i don't understand i don't know that anybody understands but it, something mm -hmm. about that music and us mm -hmm. sending it to them works mm -hmm. and they get comfort i mean we heard about a guy can you describe um, Kelly's brother, who came from London. Oh yeah, he, so he can't. He can't see. Mm -hmm. He's he's forty probably. Um, physically and developmentally challenged, and he um, used the Elephant Show to help communicate. To can if he was looking for a word or a mm -hmm. message. He would if he's stop looking for the a word and say, you know, that. that's ah, the word. Isn't that that last that's word that. spoken? That, that's yeah. to say that. I mean, he couldn't say it, but he could identify wow. it. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. Wow. wow. That is so all of these things, 
what did we know? Yeah. We knew how to make music together and fun and good music. And we believe But isn't children. that amazing? Like just, uh, you know, the, the simple act of kindness. Yes. You, know, you didn't realize just by being kind, you were reaching yeah. all these people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't a decision to be kind. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, yeah. I'm a stinker mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, reaction is people say that the Sharon Lois and Bram and the Sharon and Bram that they mm. met in real life were the people that they got to yeah. They're yeah. genuinely like each other mm-hmm. they're friends outside of work and they're kind interested mm-hmm. and interesting people mm-hmm. and children are worthwhile mm-hmm human beings Mm -hmm. have a lot of thoughts and the thoughts are worth listening to Mm -hmm. and responding to and they are worth having real conversations Mm -hmm. there were times when we're in the company of a lot of people and we choose children as the ones to to hang out with because they're 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 interesting they're fun and it's true and uh, you know a lot of times you're right and i read this a lot of people don't give credit to children to understand as much as they do what oh they have to yes yeah. yeah yeah my 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 friend has a four-year-old and we're all shocked sometimes at the things she asks and, has, and it's like yeah brand yeah. tell the story about the loud song no Nova Scotia. oh right we had a, an african song Mm-hmm. Uh, from Ghana, I think. It's very loud. It has Strumming. a lot of per- mm-hmm. bang, 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 bang. Uh, um, it's an echo song. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah. Joe played on it with the gankogi. Yeah, and everybody played percussion on it. Yeah, and it was an echo song. It's very, very. Loud. Just the way things happened. The next song after that was a solo that I did echo style with the audience. More gentle. Called um, Candyman Salty Dog, which is very quiet. Mm. It's a little louder, but mostly it's it's quiet. So I had to hear here and i said oh boy was that ever terrific i loved that last song or something like that a little voice from the back of the hall cried out i hated it (laughs) 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 okay Uh, he was honest that was was great too loud that's it it was great everybody laughed oh my gosh yeah we were wow we were never embarrassed on stage no and that's it i think and and going people people ask me too in in business and, and anything i do like what you know what's your what do you think has made you get to where you are whatever and i always say pays to be kind you know like you know and even if someone i deal with some difficult people in uh in in the family sure. business and it's my text always kill them with kindness you know that's it there's no way better to de-escalate a situation or anything well, that's than so just smart be, yeah that's so wise yeah and uh and i think that's probably you know a very key as we've said oh, we've to, had... to your success as yeah. well yeah i mean we've had you know things like 
running on the stage and falling. Mm. <laughs> We've all had, each one of us has fallen. I was going to say, have, has there been times where you've forgotten lyrics? That was one of my questions. Oh, when, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, mostly yeah. that, not forgetting. I don't remember that so much. Do you? Uh, but forgetting the, lyrics? I, I, I don't remember. The, yeah. thing, <laughs> the thing that happened that was hysterical was that we we would sing Rattlin' Bog. Hi-ho the, hi the Rattlin' Bog, the bog down in the valley. Oh. We sang it. And my husband arranged a beautiful three-part harmony for us for the chorus. Mm -hmm. And we would start with that and then Bram would bring the guitar. Acapella. Acapella. Mm -hmm that part and then Bran would do play bum 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 and we start singing it with the guitar mm. so one day we were in Victoria and we sang it it was we sang it beautifully I'm sure except as we were singing it our pitch was slipping mm. so when Bram brought in the guitar it was a different key oh. and what did we do Laugh, hysterically yeah. yeah and we laughed yeah. on and off through the whole show one we or another of us again yeah <laughs> And, and we just kept laughing. Yeah. We could. I mean, no, what it happens to everybody? Oh, it's so funny. I've been to a show where, I've been to a Coldplay show where Chris Martin stopped a song midway through and said, I'm going to start this one over. What do you do? You know, We've but, done yeah. that. Dolly Parton has done that. I've heard her do it. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. The thing is, an audience likes that. Yeah. They say, yeah, you're, look, they say you're real. You're real yeah. people. Yeah. And it's it's okay to show show wrinkles like so, that. So one one thing I was very curious about, because I remember, I remember the, the Elephant Show and Skinner Marine TV, as did, did you find that your, how did, how did the transition, how did you guys find the transition from being, you know, stage performers or coffeehouse performers to now a television show. Did right. that come naturally to you guys? Or we, was there a... We, we, did talk, we yeah. started very soon. Mm -hmm. Because we did TV before the Elephant Show. You did do TV. We did a yes, few, we like did, three we, things, We I did think. some specials. Okay. Before then. Mm -hmm. And but they, they were, were scripted. And yeah. they were, you know, they were properly uh, uh, set up with a, with a form. Mm -hmm. Still just, just us. Right. Okay. Was different with Elephant Show. Um, many people had come to us and said, "You know, would you?" They were people who were interested in mm -hmm. us doing a series, and they said they always said, "Do you have money?" <laughs> we said, "No." So people came and went, and then these two young guys came to us and said, "You know, let's do something." And what they invited us to do was a little a special, which we shot at Young People's Theater. Mm -hmm. SLB at YPT, we call it. I don't know if it's really called that. And it was charming. We did mm. each shop separately with a group, of part of the audience. Right. And then we put it all together in the theater where we mm -hmm. set, like we did fish and chips. Each of us did one of the, one segment of the, the song. Was? I didn't remember what it was. Yeah, I remember fish and chips particularly because we each taught one, one of those three songs. Right. And then we put it all together gotcha. for everyone that so was brilliant, actually. it was it was great it so was the funny thing about that is people normally asked you if you had money when arnie and bruce came to you and asked you to do a project with them you said to them do you have money and they said yes did they say yes yeah have any money um, they just once they had the yes they said we're gonna figure it out okay and, make it work. and they were both they none of them had neither of them had children. Mm. They were both uncles, okay. so they knew about us from their extended, from their extended family. family. And they sold that show mm -hmm. to I. I it was 
CBT for sure. It might have gone to CBC. I don't remember. It did. It did. And then after we, when we were doing that show, it became clear that there was a market, and they mm-hmm. said, "Let's let's do a show." And that's when we start working on Elephant Show. From a performance side, was it different instead of performing to a live audience? Oh, yes. Instead of performing to cameras. Yeah. Wonderful experience mm-hmm. with our first director, who did many of the shows with us, Stan Swan. Mm-hmm. He's from New York. He was great. He'd say he told us first of all. He told us he said when you're in a concert hall. You're singing to that kid in the last row. Mm-hmm. When you're on television, you're singing to the audience in the mm-hmm. last row. When you're in on television, one kid in the front row. Yeah. So when we'd get it wrong, he'd say, "You're playing to Australia," yeah. and then he'd show it to us. And so we learned. We mm-hmm. really learned from that experience. You learned that the lens is a person. Yes. Yeah. But then the other thing I imagine would be tough is used to getting the instant feedback. From whoever's there, and now you're not getting any feedback. Right, right. You're, just, you know, well, you're at a depends, very silent. It depends on the setup. Sometimes we have a bunch. Of right. Content. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And the and the camera is just observing what happens. It happens. Yeah. So there, you know, there are a couple of different kinds of ways of setting. One is what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. We're singing to the lens, mm-hmm. which is the person, mm-hmm. or we're singing to the kids, and the and the lens is watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. helped us. We we got pretty good at it, mm-hmm. and we I think we liked I know we liked it we liked it a lot, mm-hmm. and we improved in the more ambitious things mm-hmm. each year. As you do, yeah, yeah which is <clears throat> the way it well, that's the way it should be. Well, you really do- I mean I I was amazed because at Elephant Show they were really mostly playing themselves, right? But when they got to Skin and Rink TV, they they performed. Characters, characters, each yeah. of them, and that was really acting. Yeah, and they were not—they were not actors, mm-hmm. and they really did a fantastic job mm-hmm. of embracing their characters and delivering their various personas. So I was, and they were not—I mean, probably sixty when you did Skin and Rink TV. Mm-hmm. So. Do you do you guys have and I'm going to ask this to you too, Randy, as as an observer from a, a young age too. Do you have a favorite episode or from Skin's favorite skit that you used to do? Well, we dress, and often I would be in in a, a, a period costume mm-hmm. with tights, and <laughs> I have great legs. <laughs> yeah, which. Is- it, and why don't you wear them now? And it, or yeah. shorts, you have great legs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but you don't in public. I mean, I... <laughs> um, do you have any favorites? No, but I don't. But I have to say something right okay. now because I've thought about it a lot, and I don't know that I've ever said it. And mm. I think it's important. What was the second series? Skinnamarink TV, which was shortened to SKTV. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, it was little snippets that were supposedly different television programs, mm-hmm. all strung, strung together, like a day's worth of, of mm-hmm. programming television. And SKTV... Richard. The idea from it came from Richard Mortimer who was a writer, but he had watched SCTV. Ah, which makes sense. 
Totally. And the combination of little programs mm-hmm. uh, with us playing different characters was mm-hmm. what they did on SCTV. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even do it on purpose. SKTV was yeah. an echo <laughs> was... of their title. To give them credit. Yes. What we so did much on our comedy, c- though. What? Yeah. Yours was comedy, too. There of was course. a lot yeah. of comedy yeah. in Skin Rink TV. Mm-hmm. But they were... They were part of that mm. that's interesting yeah randy did you have a favorite episode well like on, on skin rink tv Ellie and tilly were hilarious okay. i don't know if they could they do that anymore. they can't do it anymore <laughs> they were sharon and lois in a a sweater like they were like we were on joined to, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and we would argue they would argue oh, about okay. everything yeah um and i loved um Percy Petation, Percy. Bram's weatherman. Who okay, was, I I made up that name. Okay, yeah, which is very clever. Percy. Yes, Percy Saltzman, yeah, who was, was the, the original CBC weatherman. Ah, okay, I forgot about that. Yeah, part. no, I remembered. Uh, one of the things that I liked in, um, I loved the Elephant Show. Mm-hmm. I loved all the shows. We, there were a couple of things. Um, the, the one, what was it called, where we where we discovered each other? Oh, yes, your origin story. Our, that was um, hilarious. It was hilarious, okay. yeah. I was delivering um, telegrams. Singing telegrams. Singing telegrams. Mm-hmm. The chef, in a, his, he was in his father's restaurant. He was a chef. His, he you didn't were want, an Italian opera singer, weren't you, Brent? Yeah, he was yeah. He two characters in yeah. that. And Lois was... I was me and my father. Exactly. <laughs> and you had... And they did Bramio. A, his father was Bramio. 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 <laughs> that, was a, yeah. that was a fun and wow. funny show, yeah. which some of it, which I did. Well, they did. Once they, once they met each other and realized that they were going to form a trio, they um, decided... DeLuca. What, what was what his was name? What was his name? He played the agent. Um, oh, right. The fast-talking uh, Canadian actor, prominent Canadian agent. actor. Mm. So they, there's, a, there's a montage of them singing If You're Happy and You Know It, yeah. and they do it as the Beatles. Oh, and they okay. Do it, they do a country version And we're, and we're dressed it. appropriately different. It was hilarious. And then we end up as Sharon Lewis yeah. and Brown. It was very cute. Yeah. And then the other thing... I have to watch that again. Yeah, it's very funny. I always do... Just to mention, so I, I just, I recently got married, but one of the things, if I know gets, it really annoys my wife, is I do a bit where I'm both John and argue, <laughs> arguing with each other. And, then, <laughs> and she goes, and she's like, Adam, not now, not now. That's, it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, and it just, yeah. She's well, that's like, oh, here we go, you. here we go again. That's it. <laughs> one other show that I really like was the awards show on mm-hmm. on show and the reason i like it is because i was really ticked off that we were never nominated that series mm-hmm. ran and was huge well obviously it was hugely successful because people still write us letters and say why can't we watch elephant show now mm. and they or they watch bits on youtube yeah so it was a show and there was an attitude around that time which was that um Drama for children was mm. substantial. That ours was not, it was fun. It wasn't substantial. So mm. they never, we were never nominated for an actor mm. award. And I thought we should have been nominated. A Gemini. A Gemini. And I yeah. thought we should have been 
So we said, I was pissing and moaning about it one day and um, making pee-pee and moaning. <laughs> <laughs> making it worse. <laughs> I was complaining about that. So we said, well, let's make our own awards show. Mm. So we created an awards show mm. and we gave awards to Eric and to, I think, the children. And everybody got an award and everyone made an acceptance speech. It was hilarious. Mm. It was, and That's it showed cool. skippets of, yeah. snippets of some of the, uh, yeah. you know, favorite shows. Yeah. So I liked the fact that we did it. That's cool. And the it other, was fun. The other thing I'll say about the elephant show feedback is it really celebrated the city of Toronto. Mm. Oh, yes. They filmed at all sorts of iconic locations. No, I'm just saying, yes, you're right. Mm -hmm. So, so our, our friends, we have friends who are adult fans who ran time. One lives in New York, the other lives in Nashville. Mm -hmm. They became friends with each other because of Sharon Lois and Bram and mm. their connection to us. And they know more about Sharon Lois and Bram than I do, <laughs> yeah. for sure. <clears throat> One of them is an archivist. He's created the Sharon Lois and oh, Bram wow. website, and he knows everything. If we're ever stumped, yeah. call Chris. They come they come and do work with Randy on Sharon Lois and Bram stuff, and they spend time here. And they always spend a little time visiting sites from the show. Okay. From the show. So they found the tree that was used in Elephant Up a Tree. So yesterday I met when I was visiting this Bloor View, this facility, I talked to a lot of grown up fans. I took a lot of pictures with yeah. grown up fans. And they talk about Somebody must have talked. Somebody talked about that show, and I said, yeah. "Be interested to know that our friends found the tree. Where is it?" Uh, yes. I, that's my question. Well, I'm going to find it. They'll yeah. tell me where it is. They pasted. They found the park. They pasted out. Oh wow! The, I mean, they are they right? I don't know. But I, I promised. I have to think who the person was. But I promised the person at Blue Review that I would. Well, yes, that they do that. Maury I mean, Chaikin was in that episode. Maury Chaikin. And it was Louis Del Grande. It was, was Louis Del Grande. Okay. Yeah. Maury Chaikin was in the, the elephant up a tree. And Louis Del yeah. Grande was... He was the fire chief. The fi yeah. and we, we did some very dangerous things. <laughs> we, we, we didn't did know they were dangerous. ...that we should never have done. Okay, like what? Give us an example. We rode on the back platform of a fire truck... Holding on, holding. <laughs> with no safety, yeah, yeah, anything. If one hand had slipped, yeah, somebody would have died. Didn't we yeah, also so. swam across a pond? I don't remember that. It was in one of them that we swam across a pond, and one of the kids who was swimming ran into t some trouble. It was too much for him. It was too far, and one of the camera guys, he left his. He dived into the pond. Really? And he pulled the kid out. Where was mm. I when this happened? I have no memory. You're still swimming. Somewhere. You're still swimming. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a swimmer. I have no memory of that I at do. All. I, it's really clear to me. Wow. How, um, how did the, the elephant, like at what point, I mean, from the very first, the beginning, the first album's named one elephant, Deux yeah. um, what? How did the elephant be, become so prevalent as part of Sharon Lewis We We knew that song. Mm -hmm. Lois, in English. We knew it in English. Lois knew it and taught it to me. And then I was in a French uh, classroom. Teacher said to me, that would translate. 
So she translated it and then we gave it to another friend who, you know, fixed it up. So and we, and we like this we like this song because it's it's a charming game mm-hmm. and we like the elephant the elephant image because elephants take care of their their offspring mm-hmm. and we all like it. and so we named our company Elephant Records. And then we had to figure mm-hmm. out what to name ourselves and went through all kinds of um, combination. We we knew we wanted to use our names like Peter Paul and Mary, so we went through all combinations and and. Uh, Lois, Lois's husband at one point said, "How about all Bram and the all Bram and?" <laughs> we didn't. We didn't I voted for that. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't go down there, so we named ourselves. Um, there was a production of Babar mm. in the city yeah. at the time, and we said for our con- for our concert, our first concert. Well, why don't we borrow a costume? Ah. and use use the elephant in the show just yeah. for a couple of like for the one elephant song and and maybe at the end we used elephant and it was clearly a good idea it wasn't a clever marketing idea yeah. it was just a it's just something it just that worked. a nice thing yeah. it worked it worked nicely it added something to the show mm-hmm. and so it just kept going oh, wow. That's built, so for the tv show we well, built our then, own costume right they they designed and built a costume mm. that became kind of the standard. Right, mm. right. And Paula Gallivan, we had a variety of different um, uh, dancers who worked mm-hmm. with us, but the one who did the elephant show was Paula Gallivan. She did live stuff as well mm-hmm. with us. And she was fantastic. Yeah. And she did remarkable things in that costume. Yeah. That, um, the pilot brought... was filmed with a Babar costume. Yeah, and then and we had to get rid of it. they had a costume made, and then they had to explain. They kept the pilot so they had to explain Why the two different came, elephants yeah. so i make an appearance as elephant's doctor mm. so uh, i was dressed in the babar costume and uh uh elephant wasn't feeling well so elephant's doctor is the original elephant costume goes off to spend the day with Sharon ah, so in that connection <laughs> with that old costume we were doing something with kindergarten children. Mm-hmm. And we had that elephant come out and do something with us in that show. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I heard one of the boys say to one of the other kids in the class, <laughs> you know, that wasn't a real elephant <laughs> because I saw... A zipper. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiling it for everybody. Yeah. That's a kid that's got a... Too smart. Be that's smarter fine. than everyone yeah. else, exactly. I was thinking as we, as we were talking, too, that the the archivist who was looking for all the locations, he might have some, some tr- trouble now because I bet half the locations have been turned into condominiums. For and, sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But People who are fans come to town. They often yeah. say, "You know, could we go walk through yes. Kensington?" Yes, Kensington is there. Yeah, and the fruit markets and, and mm-hmm. the park. It's it still exists. It's, people changed. it's, it's always changing. It's been changing since I went there as a four-year-old parent. Mm-hmm. But it's been changing a lot lately. In the and that's that's where you guys recorded. We did it, Kensington yeah. Town. And is it it's I imagine it, it's not still there. It, it is. is. It is. Amazing. And it just sell, there was they were on TV a few couple months ago. They Where is it in Kensington Market? It's on North Side of Augusta. Huh? 
It's upstairs ah, in that, okay. I think, in that block. Not, ba- not I got uh, Baldwin Street. Baldwin Street, yeah, okay. Right in the main street. Yeah, right in the And they're yeah. still there. And when he was interviewed, he, th- he said the one, go- one, he has two gold records, I think. The first gold, the first one he ever got was us. Yeah. It's triple no, platinum. Triple platinum. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't keep track. Yeah, well, it was probably gold by was, Christmas. I mean, he, <laughs> it was so, yeah, it yeah. probably was. Yeah. He was, he was... He talked very nicely. I mean, we had a great experience there. Yeah. I don't know why we didn't stay there. Graham, tell the story about the gavotte. One classical piece that I ever learned to play on the guitar, because I'm not a classical guitarist, Mm -hmm. I'm an accompanist, but I wanted to learn at least one piece. I thought it would be the beginning of many, but it turned out to be one. It's it's a guitar transcription of of a... uh, solo, mm-hmm. the gavotte from Bach six viola, whatever. Okay. Like that. And I went in there. It, that was the first thing that ever got recorded. Yeah, Did you know I didn't... First thing that ever got recorded For that by album. Sharon Lois and Bram, but it was just me. Mm-hmm. We added you afterwards. Oh, I forgot about that. I humming right. Yes, and I'm sitting there playing. I'm really focused, really, really focused on it. It was difficult for me. And sure the, the producer and the and the uh, technician said, "I keep hearing a hissing sound, and I don't know what it is." So I said, "Well, let's try it again." And he said, "I still hear it, and we know what it is now." You're going. Like that. And I said, well, I, I understand that and I know why. So I said, I got to stop doing that. And the best way I found to do that was to, I found a broken drumstick on the floor. You <laughs> <laughs> bit on it? That's it. Yeah. In my teeth. And I played it with a drumstick. That's hilarious. Between my teeth. And what you hear on the recording—that was the best tape. That's, that was Look it. Look for Bram's okay. chewed-up drumstick. Yeah, on that's D-Day. it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, th- one thing I was very curious too, because a forty-year career, you've come from your your music being on records to then to tapes to yeah. CDs and now streaming. Um, how have you found adapting to the changes on the way? audiences consume music has it ever if they seem to be consuming it because we Mm -hmm. the response to the streaming is Mm -hmm. good for us but it makes me sad it's not it's not certainly not what you envision when you make a recording yeah you you know you make a recording you think about what do you want to start it Mm -hmm. and what should end it and what should be when there were two sides side one i mean you think about the order of all of these things None of that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, we might. I mean, we did think about that when we put when when the country album was created, mm-hmm. but um, audience doesn't hear there it that way. There is a lost art. Now, yeah, for it's sure. really a shame. In terms of concerts, basically mm-hmm. the same as they always have. They yeah. they have an opportunity, and they they part, you invite them to participate, mm-hmm. and they participate. The parents, not as much. Mm-hmm. In our okay. old days. The parent, you say, stand up. The parents were on their feet. Mm. Not so much now. Okay. Which I it would be interesting. Well, I, I don't know. 
People mm. are, I don't know. Too many distractions, I mean, well, even? I like, don't know. Yeah. I mean, more inhibited, but that's not an explanation. That's just a description. And I don't know either. I, I, I mean, we've had this, con- I've had this conversation on this podcast several times even, but it's like, I think people's involvement with music has so casual and so easy to consume now yeah. that your connection with it is diminishing, I think, as, and I'll give an example. I think that's true. There's two things I'll give an example. One, um, so my, my, my family's Irish. My parents are Irish. And whenever, you know, the music that we would have here in Canada, than the music that they would have in the UK or who was big in the UK. And whenever we would go, I would always say to mom, we have to go to the record store, spend an afternoon in the record store. And I would go and I would listen to what was popular there and I would bring it home. And I'm very invested in learning and stuff. But also when I would go, say, on vacation, I would bring one CD with me wherever I went. You know, I would go on a two-week trip and I would listen to that one CD wow. back to front oh, over and over. I, I would know the first note of the next song that was going to come on, you know. And now we're so, have so much access. And I mean, it's, there's there's good to it too. You sure. now have access to music from all Which is fantastic. Yeah, progress is, is good. But I think that our um, relationship with it has diminished. Mm-hmm. So now, like, our, our patience and our attention spans have all decreased that you know, if I hear a song today that I heard yesterday, I'll skip over it, you know, whereas, like I said, I used to listen on repeat, Yeah. you know, and I think that probably has a lot to do. I think that applies to reading as well. Of course. Yeah. There's also no barrier to entry. And I Mm -hmm. know that when we were creating Sharon Bram and Friends, their first uh, um, album Mm -hmm. recording, we had to think long and long introductions because if you're not hooked mm-hmm. in the first three seconds, you skipped on to the next yeah. song. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's completely different. You can't earn money in the same way with no mm-hmm. recordings. Exactly. Um, I feel for recording artists or for mm. performing artists. I mean, it's, it's hard for people it's to course. make a living. It's and, different and, now. It's I mean, we've always said when that you know, big time artists could charge money. They do their mm-hmm. one show and they charge a lot of money for their tickets. We would do two or three shows in a day because we were charging, you know, mm-hmm. a, per- a small percentage of what they well, we can charge families. For yeah. the hall, yeah, for the Gordon flights, Lifa. for the right. hall, for the flights, yes, for the hotels, of course, yeah. all of that. So, mm. but we managed. On the other, on the other end though, you know, uh, a fantastic artist that may never have gotten discovered can now put their music online from their will. basement and, yeah. all, and now and someone else can hear it. Yeah. You know? There's, there's two there sides. For sure. There are two sides. One actually, one thing I was very curious about because you know I read you guys have played every major concert hall in Canada and mm-hmm. several in the United States. Um, uh, what what are some of your favorite venues that you? Well, my at? favorite venue is the uh, hall at the National Arts Center in Ottawa. In Ottawa, okay. Because they. They'd give us a really big lunch, and and one of the <laughs> one of them. I know what you're going to tell. <laughs> there was a bowl of mustard that big. Okay. Full of mustard. Full of mustard. Okay. You could put as much mustard on whatever you wanted from that, and that's and a- I'll never forget that. Uh, all right. <laughs> I let one of my friends, one of my friends has a, like a kid you not has a phobia of mustard. So he will probably never go to that venue. Oh, no. <laughs> as, as a performer. As a, yeah. 
That's it. In the audience, but maybe even knowing that that much mustard is around. Then don't talk about. I, yeah. I loved, I loved when we played at Massey Hall. Massey Hall. Massey yeah, Hall was, was so a great classic, hall. Yeah. It was, it was a wonderful place to perform. Mm-hmm. And for me, growing up as a child, I went to, I went, I saw important mm-hmm. shows there. And when I played in the orchestra in my high school orchestra, I played cello. Mm-hmm. We played during a Kiwanis festival. We played yeah. at Massey Hall. So, and then. My high school music teacher came to see one of our shows oh, okay. at Massey Hall and came backstage. I mean, those are the memories, mo- the wonderful memories. memories. So Lois we would, loved it. Sorry, Lois would probably say the Palace Theater in Chicago. Oh yes, yes. for oh, sure, right. which yes. is her hometown. hometown. Yeah. yeah, but she also loved. Actually, Mum and I are going to Ann Arbor to mm. play the Ark. She loved to play in Ann Arbor. Mm. Oh, she we if we played in Ann Arbor, Lois would take us to because she went to school there. She'd take us to all her oh, favorite. Restaurants, mm. which we really loved not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. we would go and she showed us where she lived, the residence she lived in. Right. What about you, Grant? Another venue that does not exist anymore, and it's a shame. Yes. It's a real shame. Yes. Uh, in an easy way, I mean in a really deep mm. way, is the Ontario. forum at Ontario Place. Oh, yes. It was a circular stage mm-hmm. you could surrounded s- by grass grass and a mm-hmm. hill. There were people sat on And there was a chair seating area closer up as well. And you rotated mm. during the show. And you could get 10, 12,000 yeah. people and feel there very close. and feel yeah. connected mm. because it was mm-hmm. that it wasn't that deep. Yeah. And you could feel intimate with thousands of people. Yeah. We loved in playing a there. Beautiful setting. Mm. You played when theirs. did it close? Or when did it It's probably been ten years. Oh, no, it's like with that. Ontario More Place did it close? Five or forty years. Really yeah. bad. Oh, before yeah, place and they re- closed. they closed it and and well, replaced it with a. It, it, that's where it is now. Yeah. Okay. And they replaced yeah, the it with a barn. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Basically, so, such mm. a shame. It was a fabulous, yeah. fabulous venue. We loved it. Did I also read that you guys played the White House? We once. did. Well, we played benefit. Yeah, <clears throat> tell me about that day. We played for the Easter egg roll. Okay, yeah, which is an event that they hold for mm-hmm. the for the. The community, yeah, and it's on the mall. Yeah, 1994 and with the Clintons. It's good that you know that. I don't know what year it is, and we and someone wise, we were in all the participants to a little continental mm. breakfast and then come in and meet the Clintons. Mm. So we were very excited at mm. that prospect. And someone said to us, "Don't go dressed in a business suit." Okay. So we wore our silk jackets, which are Amazing. very very colorful, and of course they were. We stood out. Yeah. And and them. Okay. And we were very excited to meet them. Mm-hmm. And it was a brief and encounter. And we have a great. we have a photo. Yeah, we have a photo. Do you? Okay. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Which we were not allowed now, to use. Did they do they hear their performance? No. no. Okay. I was gonna say if you've ever had nerves, that would probably be, be the oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. no. <laughs> Performing on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, as well. yeah. Mm-hmm. We okay. yeah, and the Palace Theater in New York was a was yeah. a special. For was that all the of Palace us. Theater? Yeah. Yeah. And did you did, have you ever had stage fright or yeah 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 well I, I it's to, not well I'm sorry for myself yeah. it's not stage fright mm-hmm. 
nervous for sure. Yeah. And 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 tense and wanting to do the best job the good kind of that nerves. you can. Mm. And and being sure that the musicians who are playing with you are playing the same thing that you're singing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh Fright to me means I don't want to go on. I don't right. want to go on. Right. And I've never had that. No, but I used to get very nervous. Early days, I used to get very nervous. And then, you know, I think going, it's good, though. Good, well, good nerves are little, always good. I think a little nerves is, just keeps you on your feet. I was gonna, but also, I feel like if you don't have those anymore, you're, you're sure. kind of yeah, out of it. Say you're not, exactly. Well, yeah. that, that leads right into the question that we often get. Where do you get all your energy? Mm. And the answer is, we get it from the audience. Mm, yes. It's, yeah. And what comes to you from the audience onto the stage energizes, energizes you. It's, it's a... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if the audience weren't there, you wouldn't be doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, because I've kept you a really long time already. Let's go to what you're doing now. Let's sure. talk about... And so... Uh, now you guys have a, a series of books. We do indeed. Yeah, based on songs. And our, some of the favorite yeah. songs. And so there's two books. Tell me about the books. There's two available and a third coming out yes. soon. So tell me about those. Well, the first one, of course, mm -hmm. it's called Scandamarink. Mm -hmm. And and Randy wrote the, it, you know, we used to say that it, it would have been a pamphlet if we didn't hadn't had <laughs> extra words for the book. It's a short little Just, song. Yeah. So Randy was some you know some response from us but basically randy wrote the extra words mm. and they're terrific because it's an entirely possible to present and perform the mm. song as usual and put in the extra words and still get the audience singing mm -hmm. all the parts they know and it, it was illing and we never it was very interesting process for us mm -hmm. um randy was in touch with the editor we never met shin not mm -hmm. until the what the book was done and out. Was mm. it out when mm -hmm. we met her? Mm. Yeah. And that was an interesting process because Randy would take our feedback to the editor and the editor would take it and would take her feedback to mm. the editor and bring it back to Randy and to us. Yeah. And so we learned about that process and I, I admired that because at first I thought it was weird. Mm. But then I realized that the editor is dealing with two artists and she wants everyone to, to be happy. Yours. She doesn't yeah. want anyone to be offended. Mm -hmm. So it worked very well and we were thrilled with the as we are and then it was time to do one elephant went out to play and and uh randy again wrote the story mm -hmm. for all of that and um and it's delightful mm -hmm. um and it's it's well you talk about what it is it's it's become a, a book and accounting book mm. um and um Skinnerink, not on not a big surprise, has sold more than one hundred and twenty thousand copies. Wow. That Canada. blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just incredible. I find it amazing. Wow. And it has been on and off the bestseller list since it was released in wow. twenty nineteen. And as a board book, mm -hmm. um, it went back on to the bestseller mm. list again, which is and, pretty cool. Uh, so, sorry, what's a board bestseller? Not just in children's, right? Wow, so incredible. it's um. So, uh, you know how kids are sometimes rough on their books? Oh, uh, yes. Small, yeah, okay. And it's thick page. Mm -hmm. So the book is, is a hardcover book with um, delicate pages. Yeah. So I, families often buy that one as the special one. Mm. And then there's a board book that the kids can chew on can't, and read yeah, and yeah. all of that stuff. Fantastic. I chew on mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the one that's... 
But in a little bit of mustard. So so peanut butter and jelly is the third third one in that series. And it's coming out at the end of August. And Sharon and Bram and I have recorded a musical version Mm. of it. And because it's different. This is I mean it's um, the same but different. Mm -hmm. Um a Okay. And uh, they baked a loaf of bread, and now mm-hmm. they are gonna. They want to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but they're all out of peanut butter peanut and butter. jelly. And they wonder how it gets made, and they go off on this little magical adventure where the elephant is crushing the peanuts, and and uh, and the ants, you know, put the berries into the bowls that they've been picked. Mm-hmm. It's and, very, it's very delightful. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things um, I love about Chin's illustrations is that there's just tons going on on the pages mm-hmm. so that you can go back and look at it and what, discover what? something else right mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. so we're very excited i mean i mean randy took over everything running elephant records mm-hmm. and it's a good thing because bram and i were not going to do any of mm-hmm. those things i mean mm-hmm. we've worked hard for many years and now we need just to be told where to turn up and when mm-hmm. and that works beautifully i still think it's incredible though that you guys still still do you know you don't yeah. you don't need to Still, True, yeah. but it's fun. Of course. If it yeah, weren't fun, so. we probably would say mm-hmm. that. Right. No. Well, they're I... going to do a really cool thing in August. Okay. Um, they're, they are appearing at Fan Expo. They're special guests at Fan Expo. Which is really cool, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Mom and Elephant did the Comic-Con. And and I've never seen anything. They, like weren't, yeah, they right. weren't promoted, and they had massive lines of people who just happened to be there right, and discover she was there. Yeah. And so she took pictures with um, Captain Kirk and Mm -hmm. with people, you know, (laughs) with aliens. And R2-D2 came over and sang Skinnamarine. It was amazing. So Bram, who is retired from from live concert touring, touring. um, has graciously agreed to um, do the Fan Expo with my mom. And And will this be your first... Yeah, the fan expo is huge. We've probably never is done there... anything like that. No, no, not they are. Yeah, I. no. And you'll see very, it's very passionate. passionate. Yes, oh very passionate. So, so it's fun, and we do, and and with you know we do some performing. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's it's quite delightful actually. Randy and I and our little band is mm-hmm. her son plays bass. Yeah, my brother plays mandolin. His okay. brother is part of the deal, and her guitar ah. so we're a nice little family band that's cool and it's fun we head off to vancouver fun. for labor day weekend we're okay doing, um a book um signing in and granville island and then we're doing a concert on labor day monday and then um we're in ann arbor at the end mm-hmm. of september and in between bram's going to be gallivanting around england Ooh. but we will be doing um toys r us story times okay. and indigo um to promote the peanut butter yeah wow incredible so and i even noticed you guys are still even still where the with Jim Cuddy from Blue Rodeo. Yeah. He did a song with Colin Mockery. Yeah. He's a riot. He is. He's he, an yeah. old he's yeah. an old fan. Yeah. He, he I met him at a CBC event that we were at. It was a luncheon. And I said to him, we were both happened to be walking out to go to the washroom and and I said to him, I did mm-hmm. I said, I, I'm a big fan. I knew him for from Whose Line is Whose Line is Who's, of course, yeah. So I said I'm a big fan. He said I'm a big fan too. You guys saved my life. Aww. He said that when they yeah. lived in LA and they were poor, yeah, the Elephant Show and our music was a, a lifeline for wow. them. Wow. Yeah. Inc- 
people. Yeah. That Deb's they've done yes. they did a, a special with us at the Winter Garden Theater, Deb and, and Colin. Mm. One of the big advantages of our career is that it has put us into the company mm. of some terrific people. Mm -hmm. Really wonderful people. Yeah. Wouldn't have otherwise. Mm. I mean I miss um Good old what's your name? <laughs> I'm, right I, I'm getting older and I'm forgetting names. Yeah, I and think it's we all add in. He'll call you tonight. And that's it. You. That's it. We'll add it in. But, Bram, you know, what happened to um, my mother at Mariposa was a bunch of artists and musicians, first of all, came over to watch us play mm -hmm. and took her aside afterwards and said, um, you know, I have my career mm -hmm. because, because of you. Of you. And um, it's so astounding. I'm in this business because of you. We no. just got Not a me really, but us. really neat message on Instagram from a, a man whose name is John Tartaglia. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And he, he was a Tony nominated puppeteer in Avenue Q. Oh, okay. Yeah. We saw. Um, directs. Um, and produces the new Fraggle Rock yeah. reboot and stars in it. He mm. works for the Jim Henson Company. Incredible. And he just reached out to say, thanks for keeping it going. And wow. I just wanted to tell Sharon, Lois, and Bram that I own Wow. And, wow. yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool. And if you're working on a documentary, he said, count me in. Yeah. Wow. Oh, isn't that nice? Yes. Brent Carver. Oh, there you go. Right. There came. There you Brent go. Carver. Yeah. He's gone now, which yeah. is so it makes me so sad. Yeah. Terribly sad. Yeah, he was a because the one of the great Canadian mm -hmm. artists in yeah. every respect as an actor, yeah. as a singer, mm -hmm. as a yeah. dancer, everything, and a lovely person. Mm -hmm. And we got to meet those yeah. people and spend yeah. time with them. Right. And Isn't we also that... worked with great musicians, great arrangers, and you know what? And the people, the crew. Mm -hmm. Everybody cared. Mm -hmm. They were happy to be part of mm -hmm. something that was decent. I hate to say, what's the the expression? Wholesome. 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 It was. Yes. I mean, mm -hmm. the, you know, you'd see a grip on a show. You'd see a grip with a kid on his shoulders. Yeah. I mean, they 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 were people work on. It's a nice you know, when you're a freelance or a musician, you work on whatever com comes generally way, whatever yeah. comes your way. They, they were happy to work on mm -hmm. our stuff. And we met great people. And I think, like like you said, and, and probably a great a great note to wrap on, too, is it all comes back, like you said, to, to kindness. Yeah. And that goes a long way. Yeah. You know, and you don't, it's not just the way I'm going to, who I'm going to be and how I'm going to behave. Mm -hmm. It's just who you are. Yeah. Be yeah. who you are. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so, so much oh, for doing you. this. I really, fun. really enjoyed this. Great. Thanks, and, Adam. Yeah, thank you guys. And uh, yeah, this was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you.
Adamantium. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.